Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. I heard here live on MonkRadio.com where music reminds me. You already know me. I'm Marcy alongside my guest. These three gentlemen wrestle out of the world famous Monster Factory. They are the MFPW Tag Team Champions who just upset the Golden Era. Hailing from New Jersey, world renowned Nick Petit, Christian Rocco, the Wonder Boy, Brian Morris. Gentlemen, welcome to Damage Radio. Why, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. What an amazing oh, always, man. And remember, <laughs> it wasn't an upset. You guys made it happen. And I'm proud to say that I was there watching that, that match, guys. You guys were awesome. Thank you. Truly. So let's get right start right, right, right in, guys. Uh, Nick, uh, tell the Damage fans a little bit about yourself and your athletic background. Oh, my goodness. Um, I ran a little bit of track. I wrestled for a year or two way back when I was in fourth grade. So I'm not sure how much of that rolls over now. But aside from that, you know, I not the craziest uh, athlete really jumping into wrestling was probably the most um, athletic thing that I've done long term. And um, as you can see, it's working out pretty well. It's not yeah. going too bad, you know. Definitely. Nice being pretty humble. He's a crazy athlete. You should see him. Uh, oh my God. That's an, that's an insane adjective to use. But thank you. I appreciate it. How about you, Christian? Um, I have a kind of interesting athletic background. Uh, like Nick said, I wrestled for a little bit in middle school and then I broke my clavicle on my birthday. So that mm. took a backseat. I did played soccer for most of my life. And then once I got to high school, I did rowing for about a year and a half. Really liked it, but the schedule got a little strenuous and I really wanted to watch wrestling and just enjoy that. So I kind of found myself kind of gravitating towards the, the performance aspect of it. I got involved in like film clubs and I started doing speech and debate. I ended up becoming, I placed in the state championships, just have to humble brag there. But nice. for the most part, yeah, uh, I always felt comfortable in front of a camera and I've never had any kind of stage fright. So why not try and uh, improve myself in my athlete, my athleticism? Nice. Wonder boy. Yeah. Uh, I, re again, like Nick, I wrestled way back when, but that was only for like a year. I barely remember that. Um, I played a uh, play a little basketball in high school, ran track, nothing in college. I was the, uh, announcer for the basketball team. I wasn't good enough to play in college, uh, to say the least, but, uh, I did some sports broadcasting there, which was great. Taught me a lot about being in front of a camera and kind of ad living, not only with a microphone, but you know, that helps me a lot since I've started, since I've started training to be a pro wrestler, just about, just about performing and ad-libbing on the fly. But yeah, this journey to professional wrestling is by far the most intense athletic experience that, that I've had in my life. So. Well, Brian, talk about that. For those that don't know, what inspired you to pursue professional wrestling? Oh man, I was, I was a fan as long as I can remember. Um, the, if there's one moment that like stands out, I, I actually got introduced by wrestling or to wrestling uh, by one of my friends in middle school uh, who had like SmackDown versus Raw. I think it was like 2007 and that uh, he was always playing it. He was always talking about it. So that was actually like my first exposure to it. Um, and then through that, you know, I saw it on TV one day and I was like, oh, those are the guys from the video game. And that's how I started watching. And that was like, I guess, late 06, early 07. Um, and then it's funny, like after that, I just kind of bought all the old DVDs when that was still a thing. Um, watched them Is that all a thing back. anymore? I, I guess it's a thing, right? I think AEW still does the DVDs. DVDs. Like, I guess I got to buy a DVD from AEW, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know any other company that does that. It's all yeah. online, but yeah. yeah, I have a collection of the whole 
like a whole thing of DVDs in my basement. Um, but yeah, I went back and watched all those and, and just kind of educated myself on storylines and characters and, and whatever else. And yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what did it for me. How about you, Christian? It's so crazy. These parallels that we all have, because there's a, there's another person at the factory, uh, Hafiz, who I talk to all the time. It's like deja vu. Where were these people when I was a kid? Because yeah, right? I was really the only wrestling fan. And it started with, I remember like my first exposure to it was the video game SmackDown versus Raw 2008. Um, I got it pretty much for the creator wrestler stuff so I could watch them fight. But I remember falling in love with wrestling and, and truly gravitating toward uh, just channel flipping. And I still remember the first show I ever watched. It was an ECW show on the sci-fi network. And it was Ezekiel Jackson squashing somebody random. And I, just something about it. I fell in love with it. I watched SmackDown that Friday and then saw Undertaker and Edge and just fell in love with these guys. What really made me want to actually become a professional wrestler, because up until that point, I was just like, oh, my God, this is a cool thing I really like, but I could never do it. I remember when I was 12, um, by this point, Edge had retired. He was my favorite wrestler. I loved him. And he had a documentary come out. Like Brian, I collected every single DVD that they put out. And there was a period where they were putting out these insane documentaries that were incredible between the punk one, the Edge one, like the list goes on and on. But I remember watching, it was You Think You Know Me, The Story of Edge. And I just connected with his story so much. Like I was a fan of him already, but then I saw how close he was with his mom and how she took him to mania and, and just how much he loved it and wanted to do it. And I fell in love with it. And that made me go, Hey, maybe I can do it. Even though I'm not six, four, two forty, yeah. but <laughs> I just, right. I gravitated towards that story. How about you, Nick? Oh my gosh. Uh, shout out to channel flipping because that seems to be like the common thread seems to be like the thing, right? Um, for me, that's that's what it was. Just a random occurrence of this guy walking down this ramp, silver backgrounds, lights are flashing. I'm like, what the heck is this? He's got this gold belt in his hand. Um, there's this box with these ropes and he stands on top of them and like he's putting his fist up in the air. He's sticking his tongue out and he's doing this with it. There are signs, cameras are flashing and all of a sudden like these other guys rush in and he starts smacking them, throwing them, tossing them. I said, well, I don't know what this is or who that is, but he's the coolest person I've ever seen. And whatever he's doing, I'm going to be doing at some point in my life. And it was Dwayne Johnson. So have you from heard there, it's like, what's up? I think so. Have you heard of him? A few, few times, yeah. A few times, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you may have heard of him. Some people say he should be the president. Right, whatever. But no. <laughs> um, from there was just, like Brian, like Christian said, diving in educating yourself understanding what this form of like combat entertainment is and like falling in love with it deep deeper than i than i had when i originally saw it because like brian said the storylines like christian said the characters and even like their personal lives and things like that you're like oh my gosh this is there's so much more to this than just what i'm seeing like on the screen and over time just falling more and more in love with it and i've always been under the belief that it never really goes away to anybody. Once it like, once that bug bites you, those fangs stick. And you know, if you're, if you're courageous enough and you're driven enough to actually throw yourself into that world, like the three of us have, you're going to get some pretty cool results and meet some cool, really, really cool people. Now you mentioned the rock. Do you have a favorite promo that, that he cut or it, you know, favorite uh, match of his? Ooh, favorite promo that he cut. Wow. 
so my favorite match with his probably was the one that made me the most scared that he would lose, which was against John Cena. That one, for sure. Because that that's when, like, the seven-year-old Nick was, like, reinvigorated. I was just like, oh, my gosh, glued the entire time. But favorite right. promo, that's, like, his thing, right? He's the promo guy. So that's kind of yeah. hard. I mean, I could do the promo where it's right before Armageddon and he's just going through everybody. Um, I could do the promo where he's about to face Hogan. And he's like, not as much as you pulls him in, brother, sends him for the ride. So, oh man, a favorite rock promo. I'd probably have to get back to you on that. That's, that's, that's way too hard. We'll come back then. How about you, Christian? Favorite match or promo? Oh, that's, those are really difficult questions. But for the rock one, I really love his Billy Gunn one. That one's just hilarious. That'll always pop me. But a promo I really love, um, I'm a huge Brian Pillman fan, and mm-hmm. I always love that Cyber Slam one that he cut when he came to ECW at the 2300. Holy cow. To have a crowd in the palm of your hand and then turn completely on them, and then to end the way it does is just nuts. I love Pillman to death. Yeah. Um, Match-wise, oh, actually, you know, one, one more thing. I, if I want to say who's the best promo, I'm going to go Scott Steiner on that one because nobody – but he'll get a better reaction out of me than Scott Steiner talking. And he has great um, math ability too. You know? Yes, he does. He does. The numbers don't lie and they spell disaster. Match wise, everyone comes to me for this because I'm, I'm like the encyclopedia for wrestling. Right. Yes. Um, I really love Starcade 83 Harley versus flair in the cage. Another time where it's just the stars align. It's, it's crazy. It's just a crazy match. And it's, it's Flair's, like, you want to look at it as Flair's real first win because the first one was kind of in St. Louis. It didn't really matter. It well did, but it wasn't as big and the reaction wasn't there. This one that was grandiose, it was huge. It was, it was bloody. It was brutal. And it's just a really, really cool match. How about you, Ryan? Any, any, what's your favorite match or, or uh, promo? Jeez, my favorite match is probably Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett from In Your Ooh. House 2. I love that match. That is like, I think that's the perfect match. The speed, they're both in their prime. I love, Sean's my favorite ever. I'm a huge Jeff Jarrett guy. Not many, there's not many of us left, but I'm a huge Jeff Jarrett guy. Um, the, they work so well together. The storytelling just in that match, like forget everything else, the whole story they were telling with Rhodey and, and Sean with the Intercontinental title and all that stuff. If you just take the match any fan will love it and be entertained. Um, the finish is perfect. It just everything about it is 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 really really well done. And and big fan of both those guys. Now, Nick, have you had time to think about a good promo for The Rock? Oh, a, a good promo from The Rock? Oh man, uh, man. It's, you got, you got, you got the, the Kane one when he puts his hand up and goes, and yeah, his eyes in the back yeah, of his head. for sure, for sure. Um, Dude, that's that's such an on the spot question. And I really should know that as a huge rock fan, like which one's my favorite. But I'm also like a movie guy. So you're asking like what my favorite movie is. I don't have a favorite movie. What? Um, what do you think, Christian? What's what start? What's what's some good what's some good rock promos like Brian? Also, what are some good some really good ones? I think I think when he came back and was going with Cena, when he went around Boston and was just doing all those things and he threw his merch in the water. Yeah, that's probably my that's an underrated one. Him yeah, cutting the promo with the uh, with the little kid and starting the fruity pebbles thing that got Cena an endorsement from them too, which is yeah, nice. it did actually. 
God, the rock concert. Like if we're going recent ones, I still love the Armageddon one where he just runs through everybody. Yeah. Uh, any rock concert, really. Um, his stuff with Hurricane is fantastic. There, there's just so much to go through. It's, like Nick said, there's such a back catalog on him. He's the promo guy. Right. It's like he's my favorite artist song. Right, artist. right. So, I, I, so, you know, it's while I may be, maybe not be able to give you like my favorite rock, rock promo, I, isn't that a testament to like how important like that part of professional wrestling is? Like the idea of being able to pull people in and like Christian and Brian said, different varieties too. Sometimes it's just roasting people uh, a lot with The Rock because it's roasting people. But then like, like the, the Rock concert, the idea of going around Boston and just being creative and like that with his character and everything. Um, just off the top, if I have to give you one that really sticks out um, in my mind forever, definitely him and Hogan announcing their match for Mania 18. Like it may not, it might not be like the rock, like doing his thing entirely. It's much more serious and focused and dialed in. Absolutely. But man, you talk about make, you talk about making a moment with just a microphone. Wow. It's crazy. Definitely. Can I just Ryan, say um, what, were, what were your thoughts the first when you walked into the world famous monster factory? Wow. Um, it's small than everything. Yeah. I was terrified to be honest. My whole like the way that I got started in, in wrestling was um, I was going to college in, in North Carolina. I went to a school down there for about three months and then I moved home to, to Jersey after I graduated. And then, you know, it was always kind of on my radar as, you know, the school um, in the U.S. To, to train. And so I basically emailed Danny. He told me to come down. But the first time I went in there, it was unlike anything I had ever seen before, just like the pictures on the wall, the the memorial to Larry Sharp, the, you know, nothing was set up for a show, but you could already tell like the production and, uh, and everything that went, that would go into a show was just next level. Um, again, I had only been around wrestling for like three months at that point, but, oh my God, I was, I was terrified. And I saw Danny, like I had, it was funny. Cause I don't think I've ever told Dan this, but like, I was intimidated by him because like I had seen him on WWE videos when he was, guest trainer at the performance center and i was like oh my god that's danny and like i shook his hand and it was i was terrified i said hi to everybody and uh i barely even remember my first day so in a word terrified was my first impression christian how about you what was your first thoughts so that's a complicated question for me because when i was 17 i did one of their their like open summer camps for everybody and I thought right then and there, I was going to sign and, and sign on that line, start right when I was 17. I didn't, but I remember having the time of my life. I remember never being happier up until that point. I was still in high school and I was just so ready to do it. And then I went off to college right after. Funny thing, like the, the person that was running the camp is, was Damian Priest. So only imagine if I stayed around earlier. Uh, and Ferran was the first person that I locked up with. I've told him that since. I don't know if Danny knows that. And uh, so it was during COVID that I started. I bought the, um, they had a sale. I bought it January that year and was hoping to start right when I finished my semester at college. And then the world shut down. But because of that, I had a lot of ample time to myself. I lost a ton of weight. I lost like 50 pounds and then went up in muscle. 
And I still remember my first day. It was nerve wracking. I mean, the Monster Factory is like, it's so awe inspiring when you walk in there. Uh, you could feel that history. And I knew that history. And I was, I always planned on going there ever since I was like 12. And I saw this one wrestling book with all these schools in the back. And that was the one I wanted to go to more than anything, because I was a huge fan of everybody that came out of there. There was a history there. It's, it's considered like the first wrestling school, the first real organized one. So I wanted to be a part of that history. I'm a history guy. And it's just, it's so crazy to be part of that legacy now it's it's nuts and sometimes i just got to pinch myself it's just so crazy that i'm here doing this at the place i love with people i love right here who's are in this interview right now definitely how about you nick oh man uh i'm probably going to be closer to brian's experience which is just completely like nerve-wracking and a, a little bit of what uh also christian was saying which is the time that i joined was during COVID and it was very much during, all right, let's, let's do this now. Let's, let's do this now. I think that, I think that sparked a lot of things in a lot of people to either try something new or dive into something that they hadn't, uh, had, had been meaning to do it and hadn't used the opportunity to do it before. And yeah, I walk in and I'm like, okay, this, this is it. This is what like the beginning of all this is going to look like. This is what it's going to feel like. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know. It's funny. Like I walked in, I, I joked like prior to like Brian talking, I was like, it's smaller than I expected. Like I, I had no idea like what to expect. I had no idea like, all right, like how, how polished or how gritty is all this going to look and be. And um, yeah, just, just doing my best to, to no sell it, like how terrified I was. And probably that was that, that way for the first like three weeks, honestly completely jitters complete jitters but like christian was saying you start to meet these people you get to know these people they're good people um and it definitely makes everything a lot easier but originally oh my gosh that that drive-in i'm sure they'll tell you that drive-in was always like what what is what what do i like what am i gonna do today like what do i expect like is is everyone gonna take to me like all those thoughts are racing in your head. Um, I'm not sure of these two, but there's definitely been like those five, 10 minute, like self meetings in your head, in your car before you go in where you're like, all right, let me, let me just go in there. Like, why am I here? I, I can do this. I, 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 I am here for this and nothing's going to, nothing's going to get in the way except myself and the door's right there. So just get out, walk in. So. Definitely. Now, uh, Brian, talk about that first bump. Oh man. First bump. I want to say it was like not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was like, it was pretty bad. I didn't like, again, I had no idea what to expect. I was always a kid around here that like I had friends with trampolines. So we would have, we had like 13 trampoline feds uh, that we wrestled and obviously bumping in a ring is nothing like that. Yeah. But I, I remember it's so funny. Cause like before I went in to take my first bump, my first training session, I remember I listened to an interview with Shane McMahon and he was like, if you want to feel what it feels like to bump in a ring, go out in your yard, jump straight up in the air and land on your back, but do it safely. And I was like, Oh no. Yeah, so uh, I think that was kind of, that worried me a little bit, but uh, I went in there and I think, yeah, I, I did, a, I did a few. And then uh, I thought I was like, all right, I, I, think I can do it like it's gonna suck i'm gonna try to not do that as much as possible um which is ironically still something that i think about today but uh it it was it was okay in the moment but the next day is really when it was 
it set in like how bad that sucked the first yeah. time. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely jarring. Yeah. And how about running the ropes? It's not as easy as you would think. No, no, you have to be, I hate to say you have to be an athlete to get it like the first time, but then we have people that come in and do it the first time. And, you know, they were, they've never even like seen pro wrestling or anything like that, but yeah, it was, it was definitely tough. I got like the whole marks on my, like under my, uh, under my arm there. I still have like pictures on my phone of myself in the mirror, like going like that with a whole bunch of terrible looking marks. But uh, yeah, running the ropes is definitely like an underrated part of it because you're not how... running. You're kind of like gliding, aren't you? Yeah. And it's, and you have to, you have to actually hit the ropes and let them bounce you back. And it's, yeah. it's a whole new thing you have to learn. Like it's, you have to reteach yourself a lot um, when you're doing things like that, as simple as okay. they may sound. Definitely. Christian. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is this is the real test, right? It was funny. I don't know if you guys were there when Dan did our first bumps, but it was Dan standing in the ring to make you even feel more intimidated, right? And going, all right, guys, taking bumps today. Let's see him. And um, he calls me in and I stand there and I remember doing it and I immediately knocked the wind out of myself. I'm like, hmm. But my first reaction was just to get right back up and do it again. And I did it three times and he just was like, yep, looks good. But I, like, I'd agree with Brian. I think the most, like, I guess you just wouldn't think about it. You think the ropes have bounce to them, especially like everybody grows up with their play sets, right? They're the softest part. Um, no, they're, I think they're actually the worst really throwing them, throwing yourself into them. I still, to this day, whenever I do my entrance where I flip over, I know every day afterwards, I'm going to have a big black mark on my arm because they're elevator cables wrapped in duct tape. It's such a, like, and you just underestimate how much it's going to hurt and you really have to throw yourself into it. Definitely. How about you, Nick? Yeah. Christian and I definitely took our first bumps the same day, uh, probably one and then somebody else in between and then us. So for me, I'm sitting in that chair and I can just hear it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so loud. It's so cool. I bet it sucks, but I just need to like do this part. All right. So I get in and I remember it distinctly because I was ready to do it, but in between me doing it and, uh, uh, and it getting done, like Dan, like gave like a five minute speech about something. Right. So that was my first time actually in a ring. So I'm like in the corner. I'm putting my feet. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool enough right here. Touching the rope. All right. And then he does exactly what Brian and what exactly what Christian said. Get in here. Feet squared apart. Tuck your chin. Hands across your chest. The way he teaches everybody their first time. Pop your hips up. Rug from underneath your feet. You know, go, go straight back. Throw yourself down. Attack the mat, as they say. And I did it. And it sucked. <laughs> it hurt like hell. And like Christian said, when knocked out of me and it's just crazy because like I screamed like as I did it, but then like, as I hit, like I braced and like my lungs kind of did this weird thing. And Dan like knew he's just like, yeah, you just knocked the wind out of yourself. Didn't you? I was like, yep, sure. He goes, all right, get up like a wrestler, do it again. And yep. so, yeah, it was just the, that first milestone. got to get through this part. And it's, it's always interesting now in the time that we've been there, we see people like start to do that. We're like, 
yep, we, we understand we've, we've been there. It's, and it's, it's, Oh my gosh. Like they both keep saying hitting the ropes They're they learn lucky. They get to have like the pictures of like the burns and everything. I never had that. Like that's, that's so interesting. Like I've always read about that, heard about that, seen pictures and videos. Uh, Brian Christian, you know, lucky you. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I never, never got that for whatever reason. Like my body just didn't do that. But the, that, thir- that first, that first bump. Oof. Wow. He's got nothing to show for it. No, I have more bruises from like learning how to like lock up, like on my collar and everything yeah, than I, I do. For, yeah. than I do from like hitting the ropes. That's funny. Yeah. When I did the, um, the documentary when the interviewer becomes a wrestler for a day. I remember Danny saying to me, listen, are you sure you want to do this? I don't want you to hate professional wrestling when you're done this. Uh, I, I appreciate my plumber, but you don't see me knee high. And you know what? You know, <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Danny. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure, man. You know, and doing that eight hour camp. I mean, the ropes, running the ropes. That was the hardest thing for me. Um, the promo, that was the best part. I, I love, I love cutting promos. Um, what are your thoughts on cutting promos and what is your strength in this business in your, in your eyes? Let's start with you, Brian. Oh gosh, I'm still, I don't think I'm anywhere close to where I need to be cutting promos. Um, I, I like to think I'm, I'm okay at it if I think about it beforehand. Um, but again, it, it kind of, it doesn't come easy to me by any means, but I'm, I guess I was like a little more comfortable with it the first time I did it just because of my background in, in broadcasting and like having to fill time with, you know, certain things that'll, that'll happen during the course of like a broadcast, but that's definitely not my strength. Um, I think everybody needs to, everybody that I know or that I train with, at least we all need to get better at promos. Um, which is funny that you say that because like when we're filming this tomorrow, uh, he said, there's going to be like promo day. And it's so funny. Cause like, I get nervous about that. It's like the shortest thing. It's like a minute promo and I'm thinking about it already. So yeah. So do, don't you guys have to stand on the box and cut a promo in front of everybody? Sometimes, most times, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Christian? I think promos are my strongest suit, if I'm being honest. Um, I haven't really been able to showcase it too much on the shows. Uh, you know, the last time I did it, I only got three words out. <laughs> um, but no, I I did my biggest thing that I did in speech and debate when I was doing that in college. Um I have no training whatsoever. And I remember going into my first competition for impromptu, which is just doing stuff off the top of your head. And I got fourth place. So I've always had the gift of gab. I've always been able to talk. I never get uncomfortable saying things. I don't know. I, it's, just, it's just something that comes naturally to me. It's the athletic stuff, if I'm being honest, that was the most unnatural because you're trying to reteach your body how to function like throwing yourself against things you want to usually brace you know yeah how about you nick uh i'm learning something here i'm like a weird hybrid between like brian and christian's experiences because while on one hand i'm like uh, i feel like it's like a stronger suit that i have i'm like also like nervous about tomorrow um (laughs) for, for, for promo day because i like brian said like we all need to like just tighten up and just be ready to just go at the drop of a dime. So there is that. My background in theater and film, I do believe help, but getting more and more comfortable with like on the fly, like knowing who your character is and what they have to say to whoever about whatever at any moment is just something that I really, really like this year 
want to uh, want to focus on probably more than anything, um, just to establish and build like the groundwork like for my character going forward. But yeah, like exactly what exactly what they said. Like it's it's it can be nerve wracking, but can also be fun. I don't think that it's something that is going to be an impossible hurdle for any of us to to climb. Uh, it's part of the business. Is what we're going to have to do. I think they're both good. I've liked promos from Ryan. I think they're. I've liked promos from Christian. Um, yeah, no, Christian for sure. That is like definitely like a strong suit that you have. Like your character works phenomenal. Um, and Brian, your promos have always gotten high praise as, as well. So, oh yeah. Well, Nick, you said on the go. Dream match for you. Who who was one of your dream match opponents in your young career that you would like to do before you end, end uh, you stopped wrestling? Oh, are you asking me anybody? Anybody. Your dream match. Oh, my dream match. Okay. Ooh. Well, so there's one person in particular. And like obviously when you're growing up, like as a fan, you you latch on to like a few key people. And they they're the ones that you follow their career and even as you go about your career like you're they're who you maybe emulate you pull things from um and i would have no problem giving um the most captivating electrifying entertaining career finale to the rock if i ever had the chance and then he can go face roman reigns (laughs) well here's your here's your chance one-on-one career versus career match you have a 20 second promo what what are you telling right now Oh my gosh, that was kind of it. Uh, <laughs> 20 seconds. All right, here we go. Ready? All right, give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. DJ, Dwayne, Dewey, Rock, whatever you want to call yourself, I've watched you. I've studied you. I copy you. I emulate you. And now I'm going to face you. But more importantly than that, I'm going to do something that a lot of people who have stepped in between those ropes couldn't get done. I'm going to beat you trash right awesome trash. Hey, you did it man on the spot trash, man. right spot. Now that button at the end could have been something better could have been something better. christian your dream opponent i mean i it's going to be a pretty obvious one but it, it'd have to be my idol it'd have to be edge uh if i if i were to say somebody that i'd like to wrestle i i know who brian's gonna pick and i'm, I'm sure it's gonna shock everyone. that's impossible because i don't know who i'm gonna pick oh uh, you sure can i who can am i gonna I, pick Sid Vicious. Oh, <laughs> but no, I like, again, one like Brian might pick there. I Steiner someone that I'd love to work with. I'd love to work with Steiner. I know he can't go like he used to, but I just would love to say I worked with Scott Steiner. But if I'm, if I'm picking somebody that I, I could have anybody in the world, it'd have to be edge. Well, edge was looking for a WrestleMania opponent. It's you. Uh, I know, I'll be a better <laughs> promo right now on him. Edge, this has been an entire lifetime in the building. Because of you, you created me. And it would make me the happiest human being in the world to put this feather in my cap and to be a part of the long legacy of Edge by ending it. Edge, I can't wait to be your last opponent. You created me. And now I'm going to destroy you. Oh, that's a button. That's one a button. take. This way. That's a button. One take. Yep. Oh, come on. Ryan, last but not least, man. 
don't know. That's Sid Vicious is a good one. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say Jarrett because he's still doing it, and it'll be an easy match. Right, Take a so guitar guys, shot. So we have a guitar on the pole match. You versus oh, Jarrett. Which Jarrett? The- are we gonna get like, you know, slap Jarrett? Or are we getting like double J? Are we getting? Uh, are we getting this, Jared? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, what? <laughs> I had that. I was getting ready to say it earlier. Wow. No way. I need that. <laughs> I need that shirt. Uh, let's do Reign of Terror, Jeff Jarrett, circa <laughs> 2006 TNA. Okay. You hitting okay. the stroke on me, brother. Oh yeah, I'm dude. Oh my god. I'll take that. J E double F J A double R E double T is going to get real familiar with B R I A N M O double R I S this Saturday. Guitar on a pole match. That's it. Boom. That's all I got. Hey, I'm buying that. Right? It's, I'm buying uh, a ticket. It sells to that. itself. I'm getting the weekly TNA pay per views. Weekly TNA pay per view buy right there. That's fifteen dollars out of my pocket. Yeah, there it is. Premium, <laughs> premium live event. I love it. So, Brian, let's start off right with you. Um, favorite highlights thus far in your young career? Oh, geez. Uh, well, of course, winning the tag team titles with the two yes. people that we're doing this interview with right now. Um, but obviously, that. Um, and uh, Turkey Slam last year, uh, Monster Factory's biggest event of the year. Um, I was about, God, I don't even eight months into wrestling. And, uh, you know, I was in the, the main event, the biggest match uh, of, of the year, I guess. Uh, team Missy versus Team Dan. And I got to team with uh, Homicide. Um, and uh, me being a huge, you know, TNA fan, especially when, him and Hernandez were wreaking havoc as LAX. Um, man, that was, that was a dream come true for me. Um, and, you know, also in that match, like Joker in that match, uh, Ricky Reyes was on the other side. Um, man, that, I, yeah, that was, that was definitely a highlight. That's a night that I'm not going to forget, you know, anytime soon. How about you, Christian? Well, Brian, are you going to mention that you pinned Ricky? Come on. You pinned, uh, uh, <laughs> a legend in the business yeah. that's the only guy I've, so i have my my finish is my step up in Seguri. that's the only guy i've pinned with it really <laughs> i'm done it's over i gotta use something else now that's, that's pretty um, deep man <laughs> going into mine like the tag team titles that win is just one of the biggest moments of my life but just within this these this last couple of months just this year alone have been huge me and Nick got to wrestle LSG. I remember watching LSG when I was in high school, like, and, and I got to know him. And now I, I, I'd say we personally know each other. He comes all the time. Um, I got to know him and his tag team partner, Shaheem. It, it's just crazy where you end up. Uh, little things too. When I was first starting out, I got to drive Brian Pillman Jr. to a show. That was huge for me. And I even had to say, like, the whole time I didn't talk about wrestling because I didn't want to be that Mark. I didn't want to be that guy. But when he got out of my car, I was like, hey, man, I just want you to know, like, your dad's one of the reasons I'm doing this. And it's just such an honor to talk to you. And he was so cool about it and so nice. Setting up in the 2300 arena. I went to that that building ever since I was, like, eight years old. There's a, there's a picture on my Instagram of Itty Bitty Christian. And ever since then, I've been going there pretty much every month for my whole life. And to just be on the other side of it was nuts. 
like, yeah, you've got these huge things like wrestling LSG, winning the tag titles, getting to work with these people and, and being on shows like that. But then there's little things like that where you just have to step back and go, holy cow, all of this is pretty huge. Yeah. How about you, Nick? Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Well, one that immediately comes to mind was like an accidental booking situation where I was supposed to face Kip Stevens and he had coronavirus. Um, which he's okay, but you know, it's, he was, he wanted to be safe and everything. He wanted to keep out of the building and step away. And luckily for me, I was put into a position where the person who was his replacement was Nunzio. So that was cool. And, uh, he put me over and that was even, even more cool. So, but besides that, there's a lot of memories like at the factory, um, whether it's matches with Brian in particular, are always like fun to have. We think a lot alike um tagging with christian against lsg and msg like that sticks out definitely in, in recent memory but yeah like for me it's 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 probably like the nunzio one sticks out is like something that i kind of like humble humble brag even if it's just to myself every once in a while just like hey i actually did like a pretty cool thing but <laughs> right, no, it's not a bad thing um yeah um i will say this christian what do you think what, what's your favorite our your favorite tag match with that you've had like with Oh, that's an easy one. I'm going to say winning the tag titles. I'm also really jealous of you wrestling Nunzio too. I I just want to put this little factoid out here because I sent this to Nick when I was, God, I had to be 10. Do you remember this, by the way? I sent him a picture. I was Nunzio for a SummerSlam party. Like of all the costumes I picked, I picked Nunzio. And I just was like, Nick, this is so crazy. A but lot yeah, of parallel lines. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. I, I can't be anything other than winning the tag titles. Like I got to do that with my my closest friends from this profession and from this journey. Like these are the first couple of guys I met. It's it's nuts how it all worked out. The everything fell into place so perfectly, which is why you saw the waterworks come. Mm. Well, now <laughs> like, with uh, professional well, wrestling guys, I want to ask you. Um, it's a lot of fun, but also there's a business too. Talk about the business part of uh, branding yourself, getting the eight by tens, looking for merch and all that, trusting other promoters. Brian, let's start with you. Uh, wow. Where do I start? I think we're all in the process of, you know, getting our merch game right, so to speak. But man, it's, I mean, I think it's such a challenge. Like, you know, I am probably not the person to ask about this because I'm so, you know, I've only been, here for you know just over a year but like it's so hard to stand out you know just on a monster factory show like doing something different having the best match having a different match having something that gets a reaction that people haven't seen before and then that translates over to like how how do i stand out from you know the, like somebody that i see on tv how am i different than than that guy um, because I kind of wear the same stuff and I kind of look like him and I do a lot of the same moves. I didn't invent anything. So, um, that's always a challenge. And I think that's why, like, you know, for me, I kind of attached like the, the wonder boy thing to my name, number one, cause I was being called the new guy and I, you know, I was, I was done with that, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I just wanted to, to stand out and to kind of have some, you know, marketability to my name. And, you know, hopefully when I get my first round of, of merch going and my new gear that's coming in soon, uh, you know, that'll, that'll be something that, that people like, but yeah, it's, it's so tough to stand out in any way. 
And I'm sure these guys will agree with me. Definitely. And it's cool to have a photographer like John there to have that background in the back and to really have practice and know, hey, next month we'll, we'll try again, try a different pose or something like that, I bet. Yes. I mean, like last week before the show, like I just, I just on a whim, I needed pictures of myself with the tag belt. So like, I just brought my camera in and, and we use the backdrop there that, you know, the monster factory has there, they have like, you know, all the equipment necessary to, to do whatever you want. So I just brought in my camera and we, you know, everybody that was at training, we all took uh, promo pics and like, we posted them in the, you know, our classroom that we have and everybody liked them. And I posted a few on Instagram and like, and Twitter. And like, that's, that's the most, you know, interaction that I've gotten from like anything that I've posted, like not a match clip, not, you know, something funny that I say, it's like just a basic, well done picture, you know, um, professional looking picture. Like that's, that's become so much more important in my mind, you know, to, to market yourself rather than, you know, what moves you can do in the ring or, or what entrance music or what gear you're wearing in, in some cases. Um, so yeah, yeah. Just, things like that on social media, I have to get a lot better at. And, uh, I, th- I think I'm going in that direction lately. Christian, talk about branding and, uh, what have you learned thus far? God, I, I love branding. These guys, will know that. um, I, I, I have so many t-shirts in my car right now. I've got my hat sitting here with my logo on it. I've got beanies. I've got stickers. I've got it all over. Currently not wearing it right now because I'm I, literally, I just I threw it away. I can't find it. I literally just throw it in the wash, but, um, yeah, that was a huge thing for me was finally breaking even on that first order I made. Um, that was a big accomplishment because I was him hawing and and trying to sell those every day. And I finally sold the first batch. I got a second batch coming in with that's being paid for by this batch, which was such a rewarding thing, but I'm a marketing guy. That, that was my, that's my major currently in school. I'll be done in May. And that's also my job on the side. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. I'm a wrestler full time. Come on, come on. Nice, but nice. no, uh, the marketing's always been a huge thing to me. Um, you know, you look at guys recently like Danhausen. I, I remember going to the most recent AEW show and just trying to get a Danhausen shirt. And the second the doors open, they were already sold out. It's insane to me. That's the business end that I think a lot of people don't teach you about. And you kind of have to figure out because it's one of the most important ones. Because that's how that's how you that's how you send out your bat signal. That's how you rally the troops, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like, you know, you have friends. Hey man, just give me a shirt. Why do I gotta buy a shirt? <laughs> talk about that. Like, you know, people, you know, supporting you, not just hey, just coming to a show, but buying your merch and supporting you on your journey, how important that it really is. Yeah, no, uh, the only people that I gave a shirt out for free are three people. It was my mom, my dad, and my grandmother. Um, and my friends were like, come on, I'll charge your grandmother. What are you doing? Nah, nah. She's the, she's the reason for my logo too. Um, not many people know that, but the reason why I do roses isn't because I'm an Ed Hardy fan or I'm just, (laughs) I like nautical, uh, tattoos. No, uh, my grandmother's name is Rose. She is probably the biggest influence in my life. I named my dog after her as well, but that's why I, I carry those roses on me because, Without her, I wouldn't be the person who I am. And I think that's why my logo means a lot to me. And it's really insane when you see that on other people and you see your name on there too. You know, it, it's a it's a sign of solidarity in a way, you know, people re- rallying behind you. Yeah. 
Hey, Nick, how about you, man? What's your thoughts on branding and uh, what have you learned thus far? Oh, well, what I've learned is that it's very uh, challenging at times to find your own authenticity, which is what you're probably always going to want to go for, right? Unless you have taken the route of establishing a character so far or far enough from like who you are that it becomes very more caricature, um, which is not necessarily my goal. So I'm still, like Brian and Christian said, searching for like all the authentic like me and finding like, well, what does that look like? What does that pattern look like? What would that t-shirt look like? What does that gear look like? Um, and one of the funny things that I joke about to myself is I found out like how boring I can be <laughs> like about like my, my, myself. Um, so that's something that I'm still kind of chipping away at. I do have some ideas, um, but that's, that's essential. You gotta like figure out like who you are so that other people can see a shirt, see like your gear, a hat, a sticker, anything, and just know, okay, I can attribute that to Wonder Boy Brian Morris. I can attribute that to Christian Rocco. I can attribute that to Nick McKay. And that's something, again, like this year, along with promos and just character in general, just really like getting some sort of foundation down. That way I can build off that uh, going going forward. Um, I've been to other uh, promotions and I've seen what happens like when those when those tables come out and people rush out during intermission. That is what everyone's like waiting for. They're waiting for like that moment to go out there and, and get that extension uh, of themselves and connect with the people in that way. That way they have to work less. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so once, once we can all like collectively and, and individually like figure that out, man, like get ready for like some kind of takeover um on the indie scene because I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm buying get, get, <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, like get ready. Get ready because you're 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 probably looking at oh man, I'm going into promo mode accidentally. You're probably looking at like in, in terms of the in terms of like uh uh the, the class that we came in, a, a pretty pretty well rounded class of, of guys who are definitely going to be making names even if we're all separated five ten however many years from now um it's it's definitely going to be something to, uh, to to remember so i'm curious to see like where brian's his his look his pattern like his um his aura where it goes same thing for christian i'm i'm, I'm curious I'm, I'm i'm happy to see them both like when i saw christian's first design i was like man you've got you've got that part figured out like what is it that you did to like understand that? Uh, even Brian with like figuring out like the uh, the moniker that he wants to go by. Like, what is that clicking moment that you're like, oh, I understand. This is what I want to do. So um, I'm still searching for that myself, and hopefully in the next coming months, you see glimpses and flashes of where I'm leaning towards. I think and, probably- you, you hit a really good point there about that. Um, Sammy Miami, he has a job at NXT for life now. He's a graphic designer. He, he can speak two languages, and he's a ref. And he has right. great skills. We've seen videos that you guys put up of him in training, you know? Like, he's just yeah, one individual. Yeah. Just going back to, like, the branding thing, I mean, Nick hit the nail on the head. It's so hard to figure out because you're trying to take who you are as a person, a three-dimensional person, and boil it down to just one thing that encapsulates everything about you. That's so crazy. For me, like, the rose was really easy because that meant the world to me. But I mean, just think about it. Try and try and think about it for a second with yourself. Like, what's the one thing that represents every bit of you in just one simple thing? It's hard. 
that's true. So um, here's another question for you guys. Talk about balancing. How did, is every that's the number one question that any profession any professional wrestler I interview doesn't know just yet. But it's for you guys. Is it hard to balance professional wrestling with a social life, with your nine to five job, with family and all that? Have you guys figured out a thing with that yet? Brian, we can start with you. No, <laughs> I don't think anybody's fi- like totally figured it out. Um, yeah. No, I certainly haven't developed like a, a great balance. Um, it's tough to fit, you know, any pro wrestling schedule around or into you know I, I guess a normal schedule it's so funny like for the first time in a while or for the first time ever for me um i look at my calendar and i'm like i'm wrestling the majority of you know my weekends for the rest of the year which i'm really proud of and like uh, i'll be talking to you know my family and and they'll be like hey like so we're gonna do this on this date and and i find myself like all right let's see if that works for me like no nobody does that you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, we'll go to this wedding whenever or we'll do this whenever. It's like now I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be in like North Carolina that day. Yeah, yeah no thanks. I'm good. Company. Yeah, it's it, it it you can't nobody else can relate to it, you know, and and uh, no, I don't think I don't think I'm anywhere near figuring out a, a perfect balance between whatever my personal life is and and doing things for for wrestling, you know, and, and it, it blends together more often than not. So, right. How about you, Christian? Yeah, I, if Brian really hit the nail on the head, it's it's difficult. It is trying to find that time. You just manage to. It, it, that's all it is. Sometimes uh, I, I I know Nick is a big fan of this movie, and I don't know if you've seen it, but Spider-Man 2. Like, hmm. that's kind of what I equate it to, of just trying to trying to find that one thing to where you want to make it work, both of them, but you sometimes just can't and you have to abandon it. And then it, it hurts. It hurts sometimes. And sometimes you're, you're doing your Spider-Man thing or your wrestling thing and it's not going the way you want. And it just feels like your whole world's crumbling because you made that your world. Um, I still have the most supportive family I could have ever asked for. I love my parents dearly and they have supported me through everything and anything that I've ever wanted to do. Uh, and they know that this is the most important thing I've ever done in my life. It might be the most frustrating, the most grueling thing, but it's been the most rewarding as well. Yeah, it's just finding that balance. I'm currently a student at uh, St. Joe's, so it's it's balancing that. I'm applying for jobs, and I, I'm making sure I'm not moving too far away because I want to be here at the factory, and I want to train at the best school. It's difficult, but you make it work because you love it so much. <laughs> Right. How about you, Nick? Uh, first and foremost, I want to give Christian and Brian all the credit. Christian, as a student, to be able to do that and wrestle, that's insane. I, I, I couldn't imagine or fathom that. Um, and Brian, like, with your work schedule, the way it's designed and everything, it's like, what? Like, how is that? And for the, the travel time that he has to do, too. So factoring all those things. Me, personally, I was kind of living like a double life for up until maybe about two months ago, because my family and friends did not know that I was pursuing this to the point where like everything was so micro. My social media was like, all right, only these people can see these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after a while, I'm like, hey, this is who I am. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. So for me, that balance was kind of just sneaking around for for quite some time. And making the people at the factory and all these other promotions like, all right, yous are like my family. Yous are like my friends right now because it's not something that I'm comfortable 
mixing and blending right now. Like, like they both said, work and wrestling and the social aspect and everything. I agree with Brian. No, I've not at all figured out how to balance. I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Of, of like, how, how would you, especially when you take into account, like how taxing this business is. It's, it's yeah. first off, it's overall, it's the entertainment business. So it's going to demand so much of your time, so much of your focus and your energy and your commitment to it that you, you are going to find yourself burned out. But you've got that responsibility to call your mom. You've got that responsibility to go to work. So it's it's just a matter of figure, it's just a matter of realizing, I would say, oh, wow, if this is what I'm going to be doing, then this is just what I have to deal with, put up with and push on through until the dream becomes the full time, until the dream becomes the reality, the dream becomes the job. Definitely. Yeah, I got uh, one each question for each of you. Each one is going to be a different question. Brian, radio friendly story, your favorite road story thus far. Oh, God. Okay. Probably, probably the craziest 48 hours of my life was, God, when was it? Like October, I guess. Um, we had a show at the Monster Factory uh, Saturday night. As a matter of fact, I wrestled the Golden Era for the tag team titles and we lost, unfortunately. But uh, that night, I got in a car with Christian, uh, Westfield Kelly, and uh, and and Jason Morgan, and we all drove down through the night to Tennessee, somewhere in Tennessee. I forget Chucky the Tennessee. It was Chucky, Chucky Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. That's right, Chucky Tennessee to uh, School of Morton for an Impact tryout and seminar with Ricky Morton and Doc Gallows. Carl Anderson was there and Scott Demore. Um, the next day at noon. So I think it was like 12 hours from when we left Monster Factory to Tennessee. We did the seminar and the tryout. It went uh, really well. And then we all got booked on the show that they were putting on that night, which went great. And then we drove home and we didn't really sleep throughout all that. So that's definitely my, that's one of my proudest moments as like, you know, a performer to be able to do that uh, without really sleeping and performing, I think, as well as I did. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy, crazy weekend, crazy two days, really. Nice. Christian, um, what are your thoughts on the Monster Factory coaches that you have there? Oh, where do I start? Let me pull out this list here. No, I, I love all of them. I really do. Danny looks out for your safety. He looks out and he makes sure you go to the right places. He really wants the best for you. And, and so does Missy. Ricky as well, who's not here, unfortunately, anymore. I do miss Ricky. He had, he had a way with words with people. He was, he was very blunt. He was very, he was very forward, but that's what you need. I think yeah. that's what you need sometimes. Um, I love all of them to death. You look up to them in a way, in like a parental way, like you, I think everybody does with most coaches. But they are they are your peers and they are your family. Um, they want to see you succeed because your success is their success. And at the end of the day, you're adding to that that long lineage and that legacy of the Monster Factory. Because the the one thing that I will say about the Monster Factory is they don't necessarily just produce great wrestlers, but I think they produce great people. I think 
everyone there is an amazing person, an exceptional person that carries a sense of class that I don't think every school instills. Because sometimes you just want to take your money, train you, and get you on out. Danny teaches you so many unwritten rules and so many just just etiquette things that all build up and I think are in the end more important. Yeah. And Nick, why should the fans come out March 12th, you know, to see you guys defend the MFPW world tag team titles and, you know, with Travis Jacobs versus Torius Mimi and uh, all the big things that's coming to the world famous monster factory. Why should the fans come out on March 12th? Well, you mentioned one of them. We're getting a title unification match, right? Uh, between Travis Jacobs and the Notorious Mimi. But um, you're asking for a reason. I can give you three, and you're looking at them, mm. right? It's Wonder Boy Brian Morris. It's Christian Rocco. It's Nick Petit. We are world-renowned. We are your world tag team champions, and we will be taking on the Golden Era, and we will be winning and retaining and continuing the tour throughout the summer, the fall, the winter, however long we feel like being it. Yeah, nice little soundbite. You're getting a lot of soundbites here tonight. Christian just gave you a great one. Um, they don't just produce wrestlers. They produce great people, which is so true. And, you know, should you come out March 12th, you're going to see a lot of those great people. Danny, Missy do a phenomenal job um, with making sure that, hey, it's, inter- it's intermission. It's after the show. Go out there. Fist bumps, high fives. You know, like, get out there. Like, um, connect with those, connect with the people who came to, to see you. So for anyone out there who does see this, come March 12th. We're more than happy to, to have you, more than grateful uh, for you to show up and, and support us as we pursue this uh, endeavor. And uh, you're, you are going to be there, are you not? Oh, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Good. Look forward cool. to seeing you. Definitely. Uh, Brian, uh, throw your social media link out there so people can follow your journey. Yeah, it's at Brian G. Morris, at B-R-I-A-N-G-M-O-R-R-I-S. Uh, that is on Instagram. It's Christian Rocco 41. And then on Twitter, it's Christian rock R O C C 14. And you can also find me on Facebook. Just look up Christian Rocco. I'm not sure how Facebook works. You want me to also throw out my LinkedIn there? Might as well do it. Let's do <laughs> For it. Any of the professionals yeah. go ahead and look up James Rocco as well. If you guys are hiring in a sales position. <laughs> and last but not least, Nick. Definitely not. La- definitely not least. It's going to be on Instagram. It's really creative. Are you ready? N-I-C-K underscore B-A-T-T-E-E. Twitter launch is happening this Friday. Whoa. Yeah. You heard it yeah. right here, guys. Breaking Get news. The countdown going, guys. Yeah, Come on. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was a decision that was made this past Tuesday. Yep. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you guys the best of luck in your journey and um, wish you luck, luck you know, interviewing you in the very near future. And uh, Damage fans, remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on mockradio.com where music and minds meet.